Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's another episode of Hot Off the Mess, and I am your host, Samantha Bush. And you guys, I just, we got to be real. It's time to be fucking for real. Um, It's something that I've been, like, really deciding whether or not to, like, speak on again or, like, talk about for a little while. I've been feeling this way, but let's just get into it. So this week is something, something in Sagittarius. Like Sagittarius is either in like your moon or your Venus or something like that. And it's supposed to like bring out this like confident queen energy. And I have to tell you, like I couldn't feel farther from that. Lately, I've been really, really struggling with the fact that I've gained a lot of weight um, since COVID. And I know that everyone's like, well, it was COVID. It was COVID. Okay, well, like we're coming up on three years. Like that excuse for myself is like feeling not okay. And I've just been really, really struggling. I've bought new clothes to like fit my body because that's like one of the things that I've been hearing, like stop trying to make yourself fit in your clothes and make your clothes fit you. And I do agree with that to like some extent, but like it's just so fucking hard when you work from home because like It's hard to feel motivated. It's hard to like, you know, objects that stay in motion or object. What is it? (laughs) Objects that are in motion, stay in motion or something. And when your body is at rest, honey, you're staying at rest. And it's just been hard. And now we're coming up on the winter months and I'm just feeling like a fucking slug. You know what I mean? And like, I don't want to sit here and spew like body positivity like bullshit and be like, oh, my God, everybody love you. Because it's fucking hard. It's so fucking hard. And I wish that like you could say how you feel about your body and yourself without hearing some fucking bullshit from your friends or your family. being like, no, you look great. I think you look amazing. Like, no, like, don't say that. Curves are sexy. And you're like, they're not even curves. They're not even curves. I look like an octagon. Like, it's. You know, it's just I'm really not feeling myself lately. And like I have to try to get better and I have to try to like pull myself out of this funk that I'm in because goddamn, I am like struggling hard and like it's affecting my energy levels and my mood. Like, I don't know. I'm really, really having a hard time. And I think and I know, you know, people who are listening might just be like, fuck you, bitch. But when I say like. I was always thin growing up like I I could eat whatever I wanted. I was like a pretty active kid like I didn't play sports but I would like play outside all the time and stuff and like go swimming and I was like really active and um, I don't know like when that stopped like I just feel sometimes like the insecurities can really take over you and it's hard to like want to go to a work and this is like this is the problem and I don't know if anybody will relate to me or I don't know but like I feel sometimes like I'm just not confident to even like go to a workout class you know like I feel like I can't 
go because I'm not in in which is like so counterproductive and like not the point. Like the point is to go to the workout class and like feel good and get you into whatever shape or feeling mental state that like you want. But it's hard sometimes to get there. Like sometimes like Lorelai Gilmore said this on an episode of Gilmore Girls, obviously. And she was like, she was like, oh, yeah, that's my gym membership. And Luke was like, you went to the gym? And she's like, no, I was too fat. And it's like, I feel that literally in my bones. Like, that's how I feel right now. And I have to tell you something that has slowly, I mean, so slowly, like snail's taste slowly has helped me, is following more people on Instagram or TikTok who have a similar body type to you. So like I found this girl on TikTok and then now I follow her on Instagram because I'm much more like an Instagram girly. I'm a millennial. Like it's just who who we are. But her name is Steph Hunt and she represents women who are like sizes, I want to say like 8 to 12. And she's saying, she's like, I've never seen my body type represented before. Like it's always been really thin girls or girls that are just not my size. And she also gained a lot of weight in COVID. She said, like, she's like, I don't know. My body just kind of changed. I changed. Like, the world fucking changed. And it's really been comforting to, like, see her on Instagram and, like, wearing stylish clothes and being cute and feeling good. And even on the days she probably doesn't want to do it, she does it. And I really can't recommend that enough is to find, you know, people who have style you like or or whatever and um, kind of follow them and their journeys uh, because it's really hard. It's really fucking hard. And again, like I'm really ranting and like not making a lot of sense. I obviously don't have an outline for this conversation and I'm not a doctor, therapist and no one. I'm a girl with a microphone in my bedroom, <laughs> but it's just really hard. And I just I want us all to be really kind to ourselves, especially with the holidays coming up. It's already such a fucking emotional time of year. But I also don't want you to feel like you have to feel like, okay, body positive. I'm going to own my body, my curves and my this. No, like there are times when you can really be like, this fucking sucks. I don't feel good in my clothes. Like I had a complete meltdown when was it like two months ago I was supposed to go to dinner with my boyfriend's family and I had nothing to wear and it wasn't a situation of like oh I just can't decide it was a moment of true crisis where nothing fit nothing I tried on almost every pair of pants shirts dresses like nothing fit me and I was like oh my god like what the fuck like I had a complete meltdown of course I told my boyfriend like please just tell your family that I'm sick like I I really so I struggle a lot and I just had to kind of like get my thoughts out into the universe and share that because I I don't want to go down like a dangerous path with eating you know disordered eating and stuff like that so I just kind of wanted to chat about it so Anyway, let's talk about Salt Lake City, a.k.a. the most confusing show on the planet. Um, I'm enjoying it. I think it's quite literally a dramedy. 
It's so fucking funny and ridiculous. I feel like I'm watching a 1997 like like slapstick comedy with Jim Carrey. Like that is how I'm feeling about this fucking show right now. I've watched this episode when I tell you I've watched it four times in the last when did it come out? 8 p.m. and it's three something now. I have watched it four times and truthfully um I can't make heads or tails of anything that is going on. We start off with Lisa Barlow with her kids and they're talking about how she wants to feel closer to God and I'm like, "Okay, like more power to you, girl. I don't know really what to think or make or say about any of this and you know, cuz I can't like with this show I feel like it's just I I can't ever figure out where it's landing. And I enjoy that, but I also it's really hard, it's a hard show to recap if I'm being completely honest because nothing sticks with you. You know, like I'm thinking back to the episode and I'm like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know. It's hard, it's a hard show to talk about, tweet about, meme about, like a podcast about it's difficult because um, it's so just confusing and like, you know, whatever is happening. Um, I, I yeah, I don't know. I am guys, I got to tell you, I'm a Henry Stan. Henry is Lisa Barlow's younger son. He is so Lisa and he's such a funny little kid. Like every time he's on screen, he's always saying something funny like he's he needs to take Brooks Mark's place and, you know, take over. Oh, by the way, I did um, an episode with Whitney Rose that will be coming out, I think, in a week. Yeah. Um, really great episode. It was really fun. I really enjoyed her. I met her at BravoCon in real life. And this season, as you guys know, like I really fell in love with her. And I really like Heather, even though I don't really agree with anything Heather is doing. As I've said on this podcast, many a time is I really relate to Heather a lot. I find a lot of myself in Heather, which is a tough pillow to swallow sometimes. It's kind of like when you realize that you've got some Shannon Bedore in you, you know, you're like, oh, fuck me. Like, okay. Um, And it was kind of funny because she was like, I didn't think you liked me. And I was like, girl, like the things and the way I feel about these shows is like, number one, I don't dislike anybody to the point where like I actually hate them. I just... Like it's it comes like the breeze and leaves like the breeze. Like my thoughts, opinions, they change every episode. Like who knows? Um, but I have to tell you this one scene. See, I don't even know like when this scene happened in the episode because it's all so chaotic to me is when all of the husbands, even the husbands of the women that I don't know, if you showed me those women, Dana, I think the other woman's I think there's two Angie's. I couldn't pick them out of a fucking lineup. I promise you. I I can I don't know who these women are. I don't know why these women are being shoved down our throats. Like I just don't get it, but whatever. The all the husbands are hanging out. And this is truly like a husband's like real houses of Salt Lake City anonymous. Like they are coming together and they are like commiserating about how the trajectory of their lives has been changed for forever because of the women (laughs) of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Like, I cannot tell you, I want every minute of that footage. Like, 
watching Coach Shaw just be like, yeah, you know, like I love my wife and like I cry. Guys, I cry. And then they're all looking at him and they're like, I know, I know. And then you then you get Whitney's husband going, yeah, I just lost my job because of the show. And you're just like, what? These poor, unfortunate souls, they are truly like run ragged by these women. I've never seen anything like it on Real Housewives ever, ever. I have seen men come together and they're like, fuck our wives, like, let's drink wine. Like, I've seen men just run amok on this show. And to see these grown adult men brought to tears almost over the fact that their wives are running their lives into the fucking ground for this show brought me it I was I know it's not funny because like what they're talking what is not funny but the optics of it is really really fucking good like just coach Shaw just like yeah man I cry (laughs) and you know it's so good it's so good and then you know you get Seth and then um John Barlow and they're talking and they're like yeah you know our wives are they're causing problems and John Marlowe's like, well, your wife did say that. Lisa cheats on me. So that's kind of weird. And like, they're trying so hard to be nice. That's what I love about these men. It's like, if this was Jersey, Beverly Hills, they'd be like, PK would be like, your wife is a fucking slut. Like, you know what I mean? Like Joe Gorga, like he would be coming for their fucking throats. Like he would be like, yeah, I can't even do a Joe Gorga right now because I'm laughing, but. It, like, John Barlow was so nice, and he was, like, looking at Seth, like, yeah, you know, like, what Lisa said was, like, pretty wrong, but your wife did say that she was having an affair. Like, it it was so, it was really getting me so good. These men are just, they are shells. They are fucking shells of who they once were for this show, and for the sake of us, and to them, I have to say thank you so much the men of Salt Lake City. Um, We have to address Seth's mullet. I'm not enjoying it. It's not giving Kyle Cook energy. It's giving... It's giving Joe Dirt's accountant, you know, like banker. Like, it's... He's just not... It's just not working for me. Um... Oh, my God. Whitney's husband's name is Justin. I always forget. There's so many fucking J's on this show. There's John Barlow. And then we got all. And then I'm really, really deep in the the New Jersey world right now. I'm doing a rewatch, which I'll do a little. I'm not going to do like a recap, but I do want to update some of my thoughts at the end of the episode about Jersey because, wow, do I have some. Anyway, so that was that was really funny to me. And then. I god damn it Jen Shaw like she gets me good you guys the way she just like strutted and she was like the strippers are here I was like this woman was made for TV honestly made for TV um it and it pisses me off because I'm like what are we gonna do without her frankly I'm worried I'm worried what do we have when we just have Whitney Heather and Lisa that's why these friends of they're not looking we're not getting a good bunch here in Salt Lake. Like, I need some Mary back, Miriam Cosby. I need, I need something because this is not it. Um, yeah, no. And Heather is doing. Oh no, I want to get into Meredith and her sister. I want to play a little clip that really made me laugh because it was said 
multiple times. Okay. Oh, I thought we'd just make a little snack, a little white bean salad. Sure. White bean salad. <laughs> Wait, she does it so funny. I thought we'd just make a little snack, a little white bean salad. Sure. No less than 10 seconds later. Thank you. <laughs> a lot this week for a college tour. I don't think so. I think you're so different than we. A little white, white bean, bean salad. Me, honey, you know what? The, the mess is worse than the help. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing? We're just making a little white, white bean, bean salad. salad. That sounds good. So I can't tell you. I have watched that so many times where they're like, white bean salad. What are you making? White bean salad. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Um, I was watching this scene so many times and it was interesting to meet Meredith's sister. I think it's always fucking fascinating to meet the people that are related to these housewives because they just make so much sense now. Like Meredith and her sister are basically very, very similar, especially in their uh, pronunciation of things. White bean salad. Um, I will be saying that for the rest of my life. Have you guys heard that TikTok sound where it's like, it's a chicken salad? <laughs> okay, I've been saying that for like weeks and it's so fucking annoying. But so we get to meet the woman um, who Meredith referenced at last year's reunion where she was like, my sister and I have been fighting. My dad died. Her son, you know, had mental issues. And I was shocked. Shocked that she said what transpired with her nephew. I'm sure that she he gave her the go-ahead. I don't think Meredith would ever bring up something that, like, he didn't okay. Um, but it was shocking. Like, she's talking about her nephew and how he struggled with mental health and how there were signs, but no one picked up on them. And, you know, he always seemed like an okay kid and blah, blah, blah. And then, then she... Then she tells us that he drank a bottle of bleach. And I was like, that's really fucked. Like, that's so horrible and sad. And, like, I felt so bad for her and, you know, obviously his mom. Um, I can't imagine, you know. And then to see him here making the white bean salad, like, 
it's really nice to see that he's come a long way. He seems to be doing better. He knows what triggers him. And I think that that is so fucking important that if you know something that triggers you, then you're more able to um, really grapple with it. I know that's obviously like, duh, Sam. But like with for me, with my eating issues, I know what triggers me. And once you can recognize that, you feel so much stronger. And I just think that that's really, really amazing. And I'm glad that, you know, they got they worked through their problems. And I'm glad that he got a therapist and is working through, you know, through his issues. And I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he's doing well. Um, And I hope this episode, like, obviously doesn't bring up anything for him bad. You know, I just I don't know. Obviously, we should protect him. But she has to sit down with her sister and her sister's like, yeah, I want to have this event, but like your friends got to fucking knock it off. Like they can't come in with negative energy. That's not what I'm doing. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, duh. But these are housewives at the end of the day. Like, what do you kind of expect from them? Um, But yeah, so I will say Meredith in this scene looked absolutely stunning. Uh, with her slicked hair, her little robes. I think she was in some sort of like negligee. I can't make heads or tails of like what time of day it is, what's the temperature ever in Salt Lake. Nothing here ever really makes sense. But I want to get to like really what you're here for. I want to talk about this choir scene. This scene was so brilliantly edited and put together. Um, I have to throw flowers on the stage of the Bravo editors booths like what they did with this scene Emmy worthy Oscar worthy Golden Globes may they rest like it was giving me everything that I've ever wanted and the drama this is what I mean about a dramedy like there's the choir music in the back and they're they're singing their godly songs and then just have like Lisa and Heather, like, arguing, and you have Lisa just going, do you even like me? And it's so fucking funny. And I will say, like, I was shocked by how Heather um, welcomed Whitney. I was very, very surprised by that. She seemed very excited to see her. And I think even Whitney was, like, a little put off because they just had a very strange encounter um, the day before. Not the day before, but in the previous episode, obviously. Um, so that was like really strange, I thought, but very housewives. And I, Angie Harrington is just one of those women that like I find to be really striking. And you just kind of can't look away from her. I don't necessarily think she has what it takes to be a housewife because her husband is a fucking goblin, but. I really think like I just like to look at her like she's very glossy and shiny and um, always has a bright color on and she's always a little drunk. I think like I I like to look at her, but I hate her and I hate her husband. And the fact that she's like telling Jen Shaw, like, these are issues you should take up with my husband. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't want to talk to him. He's so embarrassing. That fucking clip. Of them at dinner from last week with Meredith and Seth. And he's like, now don't judge me, guys. But that was me. I impersonated that part. Like, what? How they didn't just get up and fucking leave. I would have been like, you need serious help, sir. Get a fucking life. Get a grip. 
go for a walk, go touch some grass. Like I cannot deal with grown men doing that shit. It's so disgusting. If Danny for a fucking second, even in to defend my honor, made a sick fucking account, I would look at him and be like, are you okay? Are you okay, sir? Wellness check. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. But anyway, they greet each other. You know, Jen Shaw walks in in all her fucking glory with her little beret on. She's got Angie in tow, talking shit about Dana in the car ride. You know, it's it's a lot going on, and it's so crazy because the fights are actually not that serious. But it's also paired with the backdrop of, like, leaving – you know, the Mormon church, people have found their own community. They, you know, but they do like choir and they like, and it's just like, this show is so crazy. And Chris Lewis, bestie of the pod, host of Shortcomings, he said something obviously, because it's Chris, so profound the other day. And he goes, I think Salt Lake City is just paired with the wrong Housewives show. And I said, Chris, what do you mean by that? And he goes, because New Jersey and Atlanta, when they're on at the same time, that energy just matches. Like, it works. Potomac and Beverly Hills, like, that's an energy I can deal with. I feel like Salt Lake City would work really well with, like, a Miami or a New York. Like, I don't think Salt Lake City and Potomac is a great match for – for this, and I think part of the reason why I feel that way now, I mean, obviously Chris felt that way and he planted the seed, but I completely am in agreement, is I kind of feel like, I know Potomac has been on for seven years, which is fucking crazy, but it's still considered a new show. And I think pairing the two together, the energies just don't mesh well. They're not, they're not, they're not, um, they don't gel, in my opinion. So I have to agree with Chris. Um, not saying that that's the reason why the show is as crazy as it is, but like it definitely makes it feel a little crazier. Because um, if it was paired with like New York, you'd be like one minute laughing at Dorinda's shenanigans. She, you know, put her face in a cake that had flames on it. And then next you'd be watching Lisa Barlow sing um, a hymn. And you'd be like, this feels right. Kind of like when Atlanta, New Jersey on, it's very similar energy you're getting from those women. So, um, yeah, I just have to say I completely agree with Chris. I got to be honest, you guys, I can't really make heads or tails of this argument. It's basically just boils down to the fact that Lisa is looking at Heather and it's like, you say you're my friend, but you act like you don't like me. And Heather is kind of a phony, a phony baloney. She's... In her confessional, she says that she hates Lisa. So it's like, then just fucking tell her that. Like, just tell Lisa that. She would be, she would respect you so much more. Like how she's now friends with Whitney. Because Whitney was honest. Just looked at her straight up and was like, listen, I was talking shit about you. We all were. You know, she was like, okay, I can roll with this. Like, this is fine. Thank you for being honest because now I know that you're an honest person. Where with Heather, she's just full of fucking lies. She sits on a throne of lies. And I don't love that. And next, like, next we have, you know, this strange Nivea commercial, it seems, 
with Jen and this Angie woman in a pool and there's literally a bottle of Nivea lotion in the frame at all times. I'm like, okay, at least on Real Housewives of New York City, they like said it. They were like, oh my God, is that the Nivea cream? And Tinsley was like, oh my God, it feels so buttery smooth. And then like we moved on. I don't need it lurking in the corner. Like I just like the ghost of Christmas past. I don't need that. Um, I don't really know. I think it's kind of shocking that we're getting a Marilyn Monroe dinner at one point. I feel like Marilyn Monroe has been heavily in the cultural, the pop cultural zeitgeist this year. I'm kind of sick of her, if we're being honest. Um, Boring, sleepy. Um, But then uh, we already got the mid-season trailer, which was like a little shocking. Um, Because I'm like, how are we already there? Like, I don't, I don't know. But I guess that's where we are. Um, I I want to know if you guys are just as confused by things as I am. I feel like they're throwing the new women in and they're causing a lot of drama that I don't quite understand. And guys, I've been watching these shows since 2007 and I've I'm so befuddled, you know, truly. But I want to talk about my my briefly. I'll talk about it. Uh, my rewatch of Real Housewives of New Jersey. So I have been doing this rewatch and I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to start season one because I love a rewatch and Jersey is one that I just haven't done in years. It feels like like I always get in a Vanderpump rewatch, a New York rewatch, Potomac, but I really haven't touched down with New Jersey in a while. And so I was like, let's see what these girls got for me. Holy fucking shit. I look at it with fresh eyes now. I look at Teresa I look at Melissa with fresh eyes. I'm seeing the situation totally different. In the moment when it was on, I fucking hated Teresa. Seasons like three through six. I was like, fuck her. And now that I'm, you know, older and wiser and I have more context and hindsight, obviously, is 2020. This woman was going through so fucking much in her personal life leading up to going to prison, even before she thought she was going to prison. But the problem is, is like she's old school Italian, so she's not going to talk about it. And everybody on the show except Jacqueline, who's not Italian and from that background, understood that. These women weren't digging things up on her. They were not throwing it in her face. They were not doing anything. And Jacqueline really, that that friend, that friendship ran really deep, as my husband Chris Larita would say. And she was really, really hurt by Teresa and how Teresa reacted. Teresa blew up that friendship, I think, as a survival tactic. And I think at the same time, Jacqueline was going through a lot of issues with finance, like financial issues. She just found out that Nicholas had autism and he regressed and he couldn't like verbally communicate like those scenes with her and baby Nicholas like where he was hitting his head I cried my fucking eyes out it was so heartbreaking and you just see she's like so sad and frustrated and just wants to help him and then she's dealing with this Teresa mess and it was just like the recipe for disaster and I wish that these women really could have leaned on each other but ultimately you know, Jacqueline did kind of lose it a little bit season six or seven. And um, I understood that. 
a little bit more now. I feel like I was a little harsh on her before. Um, but I think like she just was so hurt by Teresa, but I also think she should have maybe waited a beat. Um, because Teresa like just got out of prison and like a week later, Jacqueline was like, so like, well, let's talk about our friendship. Teresa's like, bitch, I just got out of Dansbury Correctional Facility where I was wearing pads on my feet as flip-flops. Please stop. And I wish Teresa would maybe was maybe more not as strong in that moment and really let people see like this vulnerable side of her. But that's just not who she is. So I think because she's so strong, it gave people the idea that they could kind of just say whatever, do whatever. And I honestly think that that is the strongest Melissa and Teresa have ever been um, was those seasons. And I'm now watching Marge's first season and I have to be completely honest. I feel like I didn't watch that season when it was on. Like there are things happening that I just like dead ass did not remember. I think I didn't because it's Siggy's last season when she fucking loses her mind. This woman is off her rocker and wow. Wow. Well, wow. If you guys want, I can keep you updated on my rewatch because I am watching this with fresh eyes. Also, I know I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but I am doing friends for the first time. I've never watched friends. Um, and yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. I'm such a Chandler and slash Rachel, obviously. And yeah, Ross is Ross is really annoying. If I ever found like if Danny had like a list of all of the cons about me and I found it, I would be devastated, devastated. He is such a little rat. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It is a little bit of a shorter one. We will be going back to full size episodes next week. This week was just a little I don't even know. Um, Just really crazy. Uh, so yeah, I love you all. Thank you guys so much for your support. I've been reading your reviews and they've been so sweet and uplifting and just so kind and I just what I needed. And I yeah, I just love you guys so much. And I'll see you on Tuesday. And of course, follow me on Instagram at Bravo Historian and follow me at Tickers Aloft on Twitter before that goes down in flames. And have a great weekend. Bye. Media Production.